Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne. And one thing we have talked about on the show ad nauseum, and I will continue to do it, is there is great things to do at home in Connecticut. It's a tiny state, many hidden treasures. And coming up shortly, there's a virtual book talk with Stasha Mills Healy, the author of said book, Secret Connecticut, a guide to the weird, wonderful, and obscure. Coming up Tuesday, June 15th, 6.30 to 7.30. We'll give you all the information on how to get to it. I'll have a link in the podcast for the show. But Stasha, thank you for joining me this morning. And Connecticut, it's a tiny state, but there's a lot of things in it. <laughs> oh, there's so much to do. Um, I had 84 stories that I had to come up with, and I could have come up with many more. Um, and it's it's just so interesting finding out um, all, all the little nooks and crannies and places to visit in the state. And that's one thing. I mean, there's almost a, one of those stories in every little town, hamlet, city in this state. So let's get into a few of them. We'll start with, because I'm looking at them right now, and we were talking about it before we got going, the ladies of Litchfield. These are not just your normal cows, people. <laughs> no, no. They, they are very, very pampered cows, and each one of them um, is worth more than most people's homes, and they produce the most amazing dairy products, ice cream, butter, cheese, uh, that, that win awards across the world, and um, they are very well taken care of, um, probably better than, than many children. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's a hot weekend. Get out, some, get out and enjoy some ice cream. They have amazing ice cream. There's, you know, we'll get into some of the other stories, but I want to start one of the things is you did this. You, you've gone to a lot of these places. You've experienced a lot of these things. What's one of your favorite places that you visited during this book research tour, we can call it? I really enjoyed Hogpen Hill Farms, and um, I took my family there in the fall. Um, it's not open all the time. It's, it's a private um, outdoor sculpture park, and the sculptor is the owner of the property. It's 234 acres, and that's where you're going to find a Stonehenge and um, an Airstream trailer 31 feet overhead and um, a vase with sunflowers in it that is taller than most basketball players. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's an amazing place, and it's um, really, really fun to visit. 
And that's in Woodbury. That's awesome. And, you know, we'll kind of stick on that outdoor theme. Shade Swamp Sanctuary. It's very close to where I live. It's very close to our radio stations here in Farmington. That's one of the other little places that it's a hidden gem outdoors with a little bit of structure built in. Yes, it used to be a zoo of sorts. Um, there, it was owned by the state, and um, they there were scientists who who studied um, birds and other animals and kept them in outdoor cages in the 1930s and 40s, and um, then they lost funding, so the structures still exist. So you're walking through a, the swampy forest, and you see cages and it's it's a little off-putting and it's you know many people have driven by it on route six that's a fairly busy area of route six and we've all seen the wooden structure that's unfortunately fallen in distress under the times it's right there on route six but no it's one of those you got to stop and kind of pull over and you walk in there and i've done that trail with our kids and it's i like to refer to it as it's eerily serene you know, you're looking at these cages, mm-hmm. you're trying to think of what it was like when this place was in its heyday and people were vis- visiting the sanctuary. And you look at it now and there's unfortunately, you know, the ruins, things have changed over the years, but animals are still visiting as they will, enjoying the structures that have been left behind for them. And that's one of the things, there's a few things in the book that, you know, we can visit now, but it's not the heyday of them. You know, some of these places are at their heyday. The Dinosaur Museum, um, Wadsworth is still going strong. But there's a lot of history in this state. And a lot of people, and I didn't know this until I read it, our first president was from Connecticut. And it's not the Washington. It was another man. Right. This this is... Uh, with, uh... I really enjoyed learning about, like you just said, I, I didn't know about Samuel Huntington, um, but you can go visit his house, and he in Scotland, Connecticut, and when there before the Constitution, there was the Articles of Confederation, and the president of the Continental Congress was Samuel Huntington, and so he is technically the first president of the United States, and he was from Connecticut. See, that's that's those are the little things that I'm sure when you were, you know doing the stuff for this book, you, it was a learning experience for you. Absolutely. Give, give us a little a little tease of what might be coming up for the uh, virtual book tour you have coming in on the 15th. Oh, I, I'm going to be um, talking about some of um, my favorite stories, some of the stories that uh, have um, been resonating the most with people, like Martin Luther King Jr. and his time in Simsbury. That's something that most people don't know about. No. And... Um, yeah, and, you know, like it's, so, Go ahead. Oh, so um, and and what else I learned after the book was was um, printed is that Martin Luther King Jr. was not the only famous person who 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 later became famous who was a part of this program of um, college kids from the South coming to Connecticut and picking tobacco. Arthur Ashe did this. Um, Mahalia Jackson, Hattie McDaniel, and Thurgood Marshall. There's been a lineage that have come through the state doing odds and ends and tours, and there's a lot of other history. And I, it's now it's a movie I have to go back and watch because I was reading the insert you have on the book about the Great Gatsby. Yes, so I've always been a Gatsby fan, um, and I had no idea. <laughs> That the Inn at Longshore was Gatsby's mansion. It completely blew my mind. I took a walking tour um, set up by the Westport Historical Society, 
and um, the author of the a book about this, um, you know, drawing lines from um, the characters in the book and the and and the, the times that um, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald spent their honeymoon in Westport in the cottage. Um, but they call it a cottage, but it's a really nice house, and it's <laughs> next to um, the park. And you can still see it today, and there's a plaque on it. It's privately owned, um, but there are just so many um, lines that that prove that that it was Gatsby's mansion. And you know, you can go there now. I think it's only open for for private functions. I don't think it's that the restaurant is open to the public anymore. From the last I looked at their website, um, but you can go walk around the park. It's a it's a public park, and um, you, you can. Go go see the the stomping grounds of um, of 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 Fitz, the Fitzgeralds. It's it's really really interesting. Now, one of the things you must have it must have been really probably in my mind it probably be one of the coolest things when doing the research for this book is when you you know do research on these places. The stories you were told from people as you were doing research on these things. Yes, and, and even after the fact, I did a presentation um, recently and. Somebody, uh, I was talking about uh, the Fish Church in, in Stanford, which, so, which, which so I, the, the Fish I, Church is, is, is the, did the you read this one? The title of that, it's, it's Side Note Tangent, my mom has that saying, the holy mackerel, and I holy always mackerel, told her, yeah. one of these days I'm going to find that fish and we're going to cook it. Well, I found it, but it's a little <laughs> too big to cook. <laughs> There's there's a church, uh, a Christian church, and and um, the a fish is a symbol of Christianity, mm-hmm. the ichthyus, and there is a the famous um, architect built this church, and you would think you put all those things together, you would think that the church was meant to be shaped like a fish. It was not. It was after the fact they realized <laughs> that it looked like a fish, and now it's called the Fish Church. It's actually First Presbyterian Church of, of Stanford is the full title, but it's fishchurch.org. I mean, they go by Fish Church. Everybody knows it is the Fish Church. Just accept um, it. <laughs> but, but, but as you were, you were saying, what, what have I learned, you know, uh, you know since or, or during the research? Um, I, I, I met, I did a presentation recently about, and I talked about the Fish Church, and afterwards I opened it up to comments, and I love learning from, from people. There were people in the audience who who had ex- personal experiences with the fish church as it was being built one one uh, woman her husband was uh, working as an architect on it and another uh, not not the main architect but working on the team and another woman she was working um with head start program that was that was um taking place at the church and so she was teaching little kids about how uh, about their colors by, by putting their hands on the stained glass. This is blue. This is yellow. This is red. Isn't that just so beautiful? It is. And it, that's what, you know, that's the thing that those little stories, and that's why I like doing this show, is getting those stories, those unknown things that people don't hear day to day. And this book is just filled with all those little tidbits of knowledge. It's, I, it was funny because as I was going through this last night, I'm sitting here going, this book is amazing for Connecticut trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's just so many little nuggets of knowledge. And, you know, it's interesting that you talked about the Fish Church and the architectural history that's in this state. There's so many things like that that have a significant architectural tie to the past, the Fish Church being one of them. 
but our own Brooklyn Bridge. We have our own Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I've seen it from the water, and I've, I've always heard that it was a Brooklyn Bridge, a Brooklyn Bridge, but when I went to go research it, I couldn't find information, and the informa- information I did find was conflicting. So an architectural digest said this about it. Um, you know, a Greenwich Times said this about it, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't find the actual information. And it took me a long time. I tried um, the Greenwich Historical Society. I tried the, the, the town librarian at the Greenwich Library. I, I tried um, the real estate agent who sold the house. Um, I tried so many different people. Um, but what I finally came up with the true story was from a descendant of the Roeblings, and it was um, the Roebling brothers who, who, who built the, the Brooklyn Bridge, and a descendant, her name is Martha Moore, and she is a, a chair of the Board of Trustees of the Roebling Museum in Roebling, New Jersey. Who knew, right? So she got back to me, and she had all the details about this bridge. It's a pedestrian bridge, and the Roeblings built pedestrian bridges across the country. This is the only one that's on private property, and, and it was um, built in, I believe, it was 1902, and um, and it still exists today. It's on private property. Um, it's a 40 million dollar home, so if you know the the owner's great. If, if not, you can you can see it from Greenwich Harbor. <laughs> and, you know, no trespassing. That's one of those things. Stasha, there's so many amazing things, and you're going to be talking about them on your virtual book talk, June 15th from 6:30 to 17th or 7. 30 on the 15th. It's a virtual event hosted by the Sirius H. Booth Library. I will put a link. If you want information, you can call the library 203-426-4533. And Stasha Mills-Healy from Brooklyn Bridges on Private Property to Frogs on Bridges during a boombox parade. <laughs> there's something <laughs> for everyone. And there's, there's not enough time in this show for us to get into everything. Maybe we'll touch base again. You know, there's everything that is something in this state. It's amazing. Gillette Castle, the Pez Factory. Connecticut has a lot of history, and you do an amazing job packing it all into this book. Maybe a second edition is coming. I don't know but you know your future holds but there could be a second edition easily <laughs> yes i would love to uh, accept tips <laughs> so um e- even as as i keep doing presentations i love hearing from people and i will incorporate um their their stories well stasha thank you for joining me this morning this book you everything just proves that great things happen at home in connecticut You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.